My name's Angelo, and welcome to We Want Picks. I'm going to break down the entire UFC Vegas 41 Costa versus Vittori fight card. You may notice a bit different backdrop here. I'm on vacation with the family. I'm hiding in one room of the condo here. They're in another, furious at me that I'm doing this instead of spending quality time with them. So you better appreciate what I'm about to do. I'm going to break down the entire fight card, give you my picks, draft game plays, monkey knife fight plays, and of course, my bets, which have been absolute fire for the last six months. We have not had a single week in the last six months or so where we were down money, up money every single week. Just follow along. And if you don't believe me, check out all our recap videos or the past betting guides. I'm going to give you everything. But first, go to wewonpicks.com slash bets. Sign up for one of our betting partners. And if you make a deposit, let me know and I will send you money. I will literally cash app or Venmo you 50 bucks. However you want your money, just 50 bucks just for signing up, just for supporting us and for supporting our partners. Wewonpicks.com slash bets. Sign up now. Let me know after you do. Send me a screenshot of the deposit and I'll send you your 50. Let's jump right into this card. It's honestly an okay card. It starts early, which always sucks, but there's a couple of good matchups on here, and it's really setting us up for the Glover title fight in two weeks. First up, at UFC Vegas 41, we have Lavina Souza versus Randa Marcos. Lavina Souza, three and two in her last five. Randa Marcos, one and four in her last five, coming off of a DQ, but don't let that fool you. She wasn't robbed of anything. She was well on her way to losing that fight. Lavina Souza, she's an okay striker in this fight. Honestly, in this matchup, that makes her a pretty good striker. Um, she has power when she throws, uh, and everything she throws is with intent. So she does throw heavy with that power, looking for something to happen. She's a decent grappler as well. She looks to bully her way to the ground, and from there, she's heavy on top, and she'll look for a TKO before she'll look for a submission. So she's very big on a ground and pound instead of rolling around looking to pass and looking to work something from there. Uh, her takedown defense is just okay, and honestly, she's very similar to Randa where she doesn't have much to offer on her back. If she's on top, tough as hell. If she's on bottom, she's off her back. She's not going to work up. She's not going to throw up a submission, and she's not going to be able to sweep from there. Not a ton to offer. Randa Marcos is a tried-and-true veteran at this point. Unfortunately, she, she seems to have let the sport pass her by. She's on a four-fight skid, and it's mostly – because of her style. She's incredibly tough, incredibly experienced, but she never really added to her game. She comes forward with striking. Um, that's really only there to set up her takedowns. And even her takedowns, they're not clean, nice wrestling takedowns, right? They're sort of bullyish and, and manhandle her way to the ground when she can. Um, if she does get on top, she's incredibly dangerous, um, but she will struggle on her feet if she can't get there. Um, she's never really evolved. Like she didn't fill in those gaps. She didn't clean up the takedowns. She didn't work the jujitsu off her back. She didn't get super comfortable striking, but she is very tough. She is an actual veteran, but then to counter that point, we have seen her make some big mistakes in fights that you wouldn't expect a veteran to make. Honestly, that's what makes this a tough fight because if, if Randa Marcos, you know, as tough as she is on top and as tough as she is in general, if I could trust her to be the veteran and come out there and make veteran-savvy decisions, she'd be my pick. But the reality is she does slip up. She does make some mistakes. I can't count on her to be the tried-and-true veteran that we expect her to be at this point in her career. So it is a tough fight. They're pretty similar 
Souza probably has a striking advantage. Randa has the grappling advantage. Um, neither one of them will be very live for a finish. Um, so I have to side with Souza here, though, because I do think she can potentially be the bully and get on top. And honestly, this entire fight comes down to who will end up on top. And whoever does will win because neither one of these women can really work their way off the bottom. So it's not an amazing fight to start the card, but you know they, they may go at it. So it's not a high-level fight as far as ranking is concerned, but uh, these ladies may go at it. Hopefully, Lavina Souza can do something with this opportunity, start to build off of this and, and uh, build her career. Because at this point, Randa Marcus has a losing record. I imagine this is the end of the road for her. Um, Lavina... $8,300. Listen, I'm not going to spend that money. Random Marcos is still a tough veteran. You can't necessarily just go in there, beat her up, and put her out. Like, she's tough. She'll hang in these fights. And reality is she could win. If she ends up on top, she wins. So I will never spend the $8,300 on Lavina. And I do like the more and more on the strike line here. I think they'll both go at it. I don't see a finish here. I think they'll both get past their numbers. So I do like the more and more with the monkey knife fight. And if you want to play that, we want picks.com slash MKF, and they will give you an instant deposit match up to $100. Next up at UFC Vegas 41, we have Jeff Molina versus Daniel Lacerda. Jeff Molina, 5 and 0 in his last five. Daniel Lacerda, 4 and 1 in his last five with a nice three fight win streak. Jeff Molina, very good striker. He has no problem getting into a war. He uses his kicks really well for range and to engage. He will work his opponent's legs and bodies to slow them down. So he does a really good job investing now for the payoff later. So he'll work the legs, work the body early in the fight so that rounds two and three, his opponents really start to slow down and really start to have some issues. Um, he has a ton of volume and is always working forward. He does have power, but not nearly as much power as Daniel Lacerda does. Daniel Lacerda, he's also a very good striker. He does have solid kicks as well. He has nice forward pressure as well. So two guys who come forward with volume and solid kicks. Uh, if he gets it to the ground, he has really good control and pressure from top, but his takedowns aren't great. So it's not a guarantee that Daniel Lacerda will get this to the ground. All 11 of his wins are by stoppage. So he's very dangerous. I like Lacerda here. Uh, I do think the odds are crazy. Obviously, his 11-1 record is against non-UFC caliber opponents. But to do that and to do what he's done for as many fights as he has, there's only so many times you can call somebody a can crusher. I mean, 11 wins by stoppage. You know, uh, he's a legit threat on his feet, and he has solid BJJ skills on the ground. So he's a threat overall. Um, he is making his UFC debut here, which is always a little scary. But he's earned it. I like Daniel Lacerda a lot. Now, do I like him enough to go throw a money line bet on him? I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure yet. I do like him enough to spend $7,500 in DraftKings. Uh, I don't know what to do with this monkey knife fight line because both of these guys are super dangerous, and this is a high line. Maybe less, less, right? Maybe Daniel Lacerda will come out there, do what he does, and get the stoppage, or be way outclassed. He's in the UFC. It's his first fight in the UFC, and uh, he may be in a little bit of trouble. I don't know, but I do think Daniel Lacerda is a solid play at $7,500. I do like him to win this fight. Jeff Molina is tough. He is an actual UFC fighter, but Daniel Lacerda making his UFC debut 11 and, a, 11 and 1 with 11 stoppages, riding a nice little win streak there. 
I like him. I like the style, the forward pressure, the kicks. Jeff Molina will invest in lighting up Lacerda's body and legs, but I don't know if Lacerda even needs that much time, right? Like investing for what? Because Lacerda may get this done, you know, late first, early second round. So I don't know what to do with the um, monkey knife fight line, but I may do a less on the fight line. The fight line is two and a half rounds. So I may do the less on that. I'll dig into that a little deeper, but Again, I like Lacerda here. I like the $7,500 play, and this should be a very interesting fight. WeWantPicks.com slash MKF for MonkeyNightFights.com slash bets for betting. Jump into a bet promotion, and I will send you $50 for making a deposit. Next up, at UFC Vegas 41, we have Camel Worthy versus Jai Herbert. Camel Worthy, we have broken that poor guy down a bunch of times this year, and they haven't all gone his way. Camel Worthy, three and two in his last five, coming off of two knockouts in a row. It's an interesting matchup here because both guys are coming off of those two stoppages, thinking there is a stoppage here. We'll talk about the round line in a minute, which I do not love. But Kama is an unorthodox striker. He's got big power, nice counter-strike game. I had my buddy Matt Bissett on here. So if you're new here, I manage professional fighters. Matt Bissett is a guy that I managed for a very long part of his career. He fought Camo Worthy back in the day, and he put Camo Worthy out. So he he stopped Camo Worthy. Uh, and we had Matt on here to break down the Camo versus um, Jamie Malarkey fight. And if you listen to Matt, he talks about how well Camo counters, how if you throw one punch, it feels like he's sending five back. And while if you dig into the stats, they're not as extreme as one to five, but you know Matt was in there in the cage with him, and that's what he felt. Uh, but the, the stats do say that Camo hits his opponents far more than they hit him. Uh, and Jai, on the other side of the cage, only lands 1.3 strikes for every 2.66 he gets hit with. So Kama hits his opponents way more than he gets hit, and Jai gets hit way more than he's hitting his opponents. Jai is a pretty technical striker. He likes to keep the fight at range. He has a ton of movement, and his feet are never planted for more than half a second, constantly moving. He's always cutting angles, fainting, and moving from side to side. I would say that makes him like an elusive target, but if we just reference the stat that I just mentioned, he's not that elusive if he's getting hit almost 3-1. to one. If he keeps his fight at range, he could outpoint Kama and avoid some of that big power. Kama absolutely has power in his hands. I mentioned that Cam is coming off those two knockout losses in a row. Jai also has his own chin issues. And this is a trickier fight than the odds will tell you. These odds are wide for sure. Uh, definitely a good amount of recency bias with Cam's knockout losses. Cam uh, does have a good ground game if it gets there. Uh, he has that solid power I mentioned. I do like him here. I, I do like Cam here. But my God, is it a razor thin pick. And I, I just don't love this round line. I love, you know, if, if you guys watch the betting breakdowns, and I mentioned earlier, we're on a wild hot streak with bets. The first thing I do is go look for those one and a half round lines. And 90% of the time, I'll take the over. You'd be shocked how many fights don't end in under one and a half rounds. So 90% of the time, I'll take the over. This fight, though, that one and a half round line is absolutely spot on. That is a perfect round line that I don't know what to do with. So I'm not I'm not going to touch it. I'm not going to play that round line. I don't know if I'm going to bet on this fight. Maybe does not go the distance. I'll have to see what the odds are, but 
this is a super tough fight to pick. Kama is my pick by like razor, razor thin. You know, DraftKings, pick your side. Pick your side. I do think there'll be a stoppage. I just don't know when. So pick your side. Uh, either one of these guys will be worth the money, right? You spend 8800 bucks on Jai and he knocks Kama out the way that he's been knocked down in his last two fights. You're going to get that 8800 bucks worth. $7,400 for Kama is a freaking steal if he does what he can do. Strike line, I'd say the less, less, but we only have 26 for Kama. So the reality is it's probably less more. 26 strikes is not a ton. Obviously, if you dig into his last two fights, I don't know if he got 26 off. He definitely didn't in his last. But less more is probably the play. You can do less, less if you, if you really think this is going to be an early stoppage. But I think they'll go at it a bit. Uh, they're both coming off losses. They're both looking for a win. Jai, his first UFC win. Um, Kama trying to keep his UFC job. I think they'll go at it. I think it'll last a good amount. I just, that one and a half scares me, but I think the fight will last a little bit. And, um, you know, less more is probably the monkey knife fight play because you, you might say, oh, Angela, you're saying it's going to go a little bit. It should be more and more. But I just walked through the stats. Jai Herbert gets hit three times for every one that he lands. So with those type stats, that means that Kama would hit Jai 90 some odd times, not more than that, 6, 12, 18. What's wrong with me? Eight, 180 times. So I just don't see that happening. So less on Jai, more on Kama is the monkey knife fight play. Bet-wise, I want you to dig in. Let me know what you think makes a ton of sense. You could pick a side and do that person by stoppage, but it's going to be really hard to pick a side in this fight. Weonpicks.com slash bets. Sign up, make a deposit, and I will send you $50. Catch that Venmo, PayPal, however you want it. Next up, at UFC Vegas 41, we have a rebooked fight. This was booked for UFC Vegas 39 a couple of weeks ago. It dropped. It has been rebooked for UFC Vegas 41. This weekend, we have... Loreno Staropoli versus Jamie Pickett. Staropoli two and three in his last five, coming off of three straight decision losses. Jamie Pickett two and three in his last five as well. Uh, Loreno Staropoli is a kickboxer who needs range to fight. He's coming off a pretty bad loss to Roman Delize, but that is a miserable matchup for pretty much most people. Um. He's very technical, and when he has the range to work, he does really, really well. He has very good cardio, and we can expect him to fight to a decision in most outings. He's got the cardio. He's got the gas. He doesn't let up. He continues that pace the entire fight. Jamie Pickett is tough. He is durable. He is also a decision fighter, uh, and he also needs range to fight. He's a very big guy uh, who has just shy of a foot reach advantage in this fight, which you know me, I'm not a big uh, dig into the, oh, topology says the rear. But almost a foot and you fight at range, that actually is a meaningful statistic. Uh, he uses that advantage well to manage that range, and he keeps people at bay. It's a weird matchup because it's two strikers who like to work on the outside. Staropoli is going to need to commit, or he will be at the end of the strikes. If you look at the stats, he has a two-to-one strike differential, so he has hit twice as much as he hits the other person. And that's because he gets gun shy. If JB manages the range and then engages with takedowns, which we've seen him use, I can see him winning this fight in the underdog role. I am surprised that Jamie Pickett is such a big underdog here. Honestly, I may grab a money line bet on him. I'm not positive. You know me, I'm pretty conservative with those, but I did already grab a plus three and a half bet because not only can Jamie win this fight, I think he can definitely 
win around. If you don't know what a plus three and a half bet is, is you're basically buying three and a half points on the judge's scorecard. And all that math works out to is, in this case, Jamie Pickett would only need to win one single round and I'll win my bet. So if he's a plus 190 underdog, I got the uh, plus three and a half bet at like plus 115. So not quite as good of odds, but I only need one round. He doesn't need to win the fight. I just need him to win a single round and I cash that bet. And you will only find those prop bets and that bet at wewantpicks.com slash bets. We have three different betting partners. We have Bet Online, who has these amazing prop bets, 50% deposit match. And then we have BetUS that does amazing parlays. It lets you smash anything together that you want to with a 125% deposit match. Jump into any of them. Let me know, and I'll send you 50 bucks just as a thank you for signing up and supporting our partners. Listen, $9,000 for Elena Sarapoli, I don't love it. I don't love it. So I'm not going to spend that. I will probably have Jamie in my lineup at $7,200. I haven't done that yet, but I, I may squeak him in there. Monkey Knife Fight, I like the more and more. I like the more. more. I, this is going to go the distance. 73 is a high line for Loreno. That, you know, that is a higher line. He does need range to fight. Jamie Pickett's got a ton of it and manages it well. But I do like the more and more. Two stand-up guys. It will go the distance. More and more monkey knife fight. $100 deposit match with them. Grab that three and a half bet on Jamie Pickett. I'm pretty confident in that. And I think some money's going to come in as the week goes on. And those odds are going to change. But not. For us, not for the better, not for the Jamie Pickett side. Next up at UFC Vegas 41, we have Tabitha Ricci versus Maria Oliveira. Tabitha Ricci four and one in her last five. Maria Oliveira three and two in her last five. Tabitha Ricci is a very good grappler. She's always looking for a submission, and she doesn't sacrifice sacrifice position for the chase. So she is not going to give up mount to work for a submission. She will stay there and pound away. She's not going to give up. You know, she'll stay in guard to pound on you instead of trying to pass to give something up and work for a submission there. She's very heavy on top with good pressure and control. She will ground and pound, as I mentioned, while looking for a submission. So that's something to keep in mind when we look at these monkey knife fight strike lines in a second. Uh, she made her UFC debut against Manon Farrow, which is a rough go for anybody. And every time we see Manon fight, that just... Gets rougher and rougher down the road. Uh, but that was at 125 pounds. This is at 115 pounds where she belongs. So she's back down to her more natural fighting weight class. Uh, Maria is tall and a long striker who does not use her range or reach advantage. She's long, she's tall, and she doesn't keep you at the end of her strikes. She doesn't really do anything with it. Even on bottom, she's not throwing up crazy triangles using that length to make stuff happen. Uh, she does come forward with power kicks and punches. Instead of using kicks to keep the range, she does use them for damage. So she will throw them, and she throws them hard. Um, fighting someone like Ricci, who's looking to get it to the ground, it can either be fantastic because she'll take the legs and the explosiveness out of Ricci by lighting her legs up with kicks, or she's just giving her leg to catch and um, you know use to take down. So it could be an interesting uh, the leg kick. And the very heavy kicking approach by Maria could be very interesting. Um, she doesn't have much to offer on her back. Uh, and this is definitely a striker versus grappler matchup. And, you know, I always got to side with the, the grapplers in these matchups. Um, I think this is set up to get Tabitha a nice win. 
build her record. And honestly, she'll be like the next page, right? The, the fun, attractive, uh, gritty fighter that they're going to try to push and build something out of. Uh, I see Maria walking forward, reaching, lowering her level, getting it done. There's a very wide gap on the ground as far as skills are concerned. Um, and honestly, I haven't done anything with it, but th this may be one of the few times where uh, I'm looking for a finish. So either the bet the under on rounds, reachy by stoppage, or you know something. I don't know what, but I, I may find something here to bet on because there's a big gap on the ground, and I think Ricci can get it there. Pretty simple. I will probably spend the $8,900 on her because I do think there's some stoppage potential. Monkey Knife Fight Line, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. Honestly, more and more is probably solid because Tabitha Ricci, her 76 worries me, but Tabitha Ricci so busy on top and on her feet that even if she gets a takedown, and I think there could be a stoppage down there, she is going to pound away to set up whatever. The stoppage could be a TKO. It doesn't have to be a submission. Um, you know, so maybe more and more in the monkey knife fight line. It is an interesting one. I'll probably grab some sort of prop bet here. I'm not sure what yet. I, I don't like doing – it's very counter, right? Like you want to do early bets and jump on the lines before they move. But I like to marinate, process all the information, watch the weigh-ins, and I like to do that stuff before sort of committing to some of these bets. And that's why if you've been keeping track of us, we're up units every single week. Two to three units, nice consistent money week in and week out. And that's because I pick my spot. So uh, I definitely think Tabitha wins. I think she can win by stoppage. I want to be looking for some sort of stoppage prop that I think makes sense that I have some protection. So should be um pretty straightforward fight here. $8,900, I'll spend it. Let's see what happens. Go to weonpicks.com, jump into a promo, support the channel. You know, thanks. Next up at UFC Vegas 41, we have Jung Young Park versus Gregory Rodriguez. Jung Young Park, 4-1 in his last five. Gregory Rodriguez, 4-1 in his last five as well. Jung Young Park has a very nice jab, really good cage control, solid setups for takedowns. Uh, he's good absolutely everywhere, and that's what makes this fight interesting because if you look at the stats, Park averages three takedowns per fight, which is very high. He also has a solid striking differential of landing 4.3 for every 3.2 he gets hit with. So he is on the positive side of the striking exchanges and has a ton of takedowns per fight. Gregory Rodriguez, he lost on Contender Series. Then he put together a few wins, came back to the UFC as a solid underdog against Dusko Todorovic, and he pulled off that upset. He's a well-rounded guy with good, clean striking he has power and a BJJ black belt. And even though he has a BJJ black belt and is more than capable on the ground, he has a really good takedown defense uh, to keep it on his feet where he can just bomb away. That's interesting with Jung Young Park averaging three takedowns per fight and Gregory Rodriguez having solid takedowns. A little bit of a, a style clash there. Uh, Gregory Rodriguez is a big guy. He's got power. He's got strength. Uh, and he's a threat everywhere as well. If I'm coaching against him, so if I'm Jung Young Park's coach, I'm telling him to stick and move, keep the fight fast, because Gregory Rodriguez is slower. He's not a fast guy. He's even lumbering at times. So a touch-and-go strategy may be the way to play this. Um, if he does have an issue, it's his chin. And I'm not going to say he has a bad chin, but it's definitely a little bit suspect. Uh, and I think the odds are correct here. So this line opened with Park as a decent favorite. 
Then the money came in, moved this to a pick em, but I actually agree sort of closer to the opening line. So I know Rodriguez is dangerous. Uh, his power, he has power. He's incredibly tough. But I think Parker, or Park, not Parker, um, just thinking of uh, my buddy Parker Porter. We just broke down a fight last week, and I said he'd be a phenomenal matchup. Um, so I think Jun Young Park is just a little bit better everywhere. I think he has more technique on his feet. I think he has better takedowns. I think he has better positioning on um, better positioning on the ground when they get there. And the only real question here is how good is Rodriguez's takedown defense? He's listed at one hundred percent, but you know that's that's it's basically in one fight. He defended four uh, Todorovic takedowns, which is solid, but you know he's listed at one hundred percent takedown defense. So we don't really have a full book of business to compare that to you know what does that 100 actually look like i think park is probably the superior wrestler he's got better hands and in mma it's the hands that set up the takedowns i'm gonna take park here i totally understand the live movement i totally understand why the line moved and park is just now a small favorite instead of a massive favorite i get it but i do like park in this fight like i said i think he's a little bit better everywhere if it stays on its feet, he's the better striker, and I think he can get it to the ground. And if he can get it to the ground, he should be able to work from there, have solid positioning. Rodriguez, a BJJ black belt, but Park's positioning on top will prevent anything from happening there. So pick your side. You know, I, I gave you my side, but pick your side. Like I said, I totally understand why Gregory Rodriguez went from a big underdog or a medium-sized underdog and worked his way to an even bet. I get it. And if you got in on that line early and you got him at really good plus money, I, I might have taken that line as well, but I didn't. Um, so pick your pick your poison with DraftKings. They're, they're basically the same price. Uh, and then the strike line, you know, Park is so high at 81, so that's what makes me a little nervous. I do think this is a good fight. This may be a less more type situation, but um, I don't know what I'm going to do with that line. I think I'm going to let the money come in, move the line, and then make a decision from there because I just don't like – I'm good with the more on Gregory Rodriguez. I just don't like the um, the 81 for Jun Young Park. It's just such a tough line. It would have to be a pretty busy fight to get past it. It might be, which is the only concern, especially if he gets those takedowns. He'll be busy on top. So this may be a more and more play. I'm going to see what the money does to it. Hopefully we get a bunch of less, less plays. It comes down, and then I can hit the over. But um, either way, I like Park here. You can pick your side. I am not going to scream and yell or fight with anybody on this one because this is a razor-thin one. I do side with Vegas here. I agree that Park should be the favorite, and obviously he is the favorite. Next up at UFC Vegas 41, we have Nick Negamorenu versus Ike Villanueva. You may see him as Isaac Villanueva in certain places. Uh, Negamorenu 4-1 and one in his last five. Villanueva only 2-3. and three. In his last five. And the matchmakers knew exactly what they were doing when they set this fight up. Uh, this should be a really strong, uh, strong, a really fun striking war with two tough guys that will not quit. Nega Moreno came back after a two-year layoff as a big underdog, and he got it done. Both Jacob and myself picked him in his last fight, and he was a good-sized underdog. And up until his last fight, where he won a split decision, 100% of his wins were by finish. And his only loss was a decision. This dude is as tough as they come. He's a striker who's incredibly durable. He throws everything crazy with bad intentions. He pressures forward. 
Uh, and he does throw mostly big, heavy, looping shots. And he just sort of stands right in front of you. He relies on his chin and his power, which at this point in his career seems to be working for him. But at a certain point, that is going to catch up to him. Um, uh, he does have a backup plan if he's on the wrong side of the exchanges, uh, which are slam style and muscle takedowns. They're not clean. Uh, but he's just so tough and strong that he can force a lot of these takedowns uh, with just sort of heavy lifting, laboring takedowns. It's a lot of work because he's not using proper technique, but he does get it done. His last fight against Cameron was the first time he won a decision in his entire career, and he honestly did it with his heart. He was not the better fighter in that cage. He was not, but he certainly was a tougher fighter, and he absolutely pulled off that upset. Uh, Isaac Villanueva, or Ike Villanueva, as we see here, um, he is better than his record. Uh, he's also incredibly tough. He never quits. Um, and to be fair, some of his losses, they were at heavyweight. So, you know, you, you see like, eh, you know, this is a pretty trash record for a UFC guy. But a lot of those losses were at heavyweight where he was obviously undersized. And frankly, he's a little undersized for light heavyweight as well. And if you put – my contacts are dry as hell right now. Uh, and if you put some time in, he may be able to work his way down the middleweight where he re- he would be a good size um, you know, don't get too excited for him at light heavyweight, as I mentioned, because he's not, he's not big for this weight class either. Uh, he marches forward with solid striking. He has speed. He has power. He does a much better job than Nick does as far as stringing together combinations are concerned. Uh, and he is the more fluid fighter. He spent time at heavyweight. It didn't go well, as I mentioned, but if we look at his last fight against Prochniow, he lost because of kicks. His legs were chopped up. And then the kick to the body is just what ended it. He only has boxing and heart. You have to go with Nick here because his power ability, the takedown ability, uh, and at least Nick has a plan B. Villanueva has no plan B. He will either box you up or lose, and that's it. There's no two ways. Nick could be on the wrong end of some boxing, work his way into some of those sloppy power takedowns and make something happen. But listen, both these guys are so stupid tough. I like the more and more in the monkey knife fight line. Absolutely. Nick is just going to stand there. He'll take 30 shots in the chin, no problem. That may happen in the first round. Then he'll just keep coming forward. My contacts are dry as hell. Hopefully that's not bothering you. I told you I'm on vacation. I'm in the second room of our uh, condo rental at Disney World, happiest place on earth. And I'm doing this. So if I'm blinking like crazy in the dry eyes, don't get all mad at me. 62 strikes. He should be able to put that out. No problem. He's a pretty good volume guy. Comes forward. Uh, Villanueva is tough enough to absorb some of that before giving a go. So I like the more and more monkey knife fight. That's my most confident uh, money play here. I'll probably – I don't know if I'll spend the $9,100 on Nick. I I probably will because I think he's just going to be super busy, come forward, may get some takedowns and eventually a stoppage. I don't know what I'm going to do at minus 215 betting odds. I'm probably not going to touch it as far as bets are concerned. But, you know, Nick's coming off that big underdog spot. Looked – pretty good, or at least was tough and exciting. Um, you know, they're giving him Villanueva here to let him showcase some striking and, and, uh, put on a show. So, you know, this is another one. I, I may do something with the, um, the round line. I may hit an under on a two and a half round line, but we'll see what happens. Um, and there may be some protection bets in here as well at we slash bets, sign up for a promotion, make a deposit, and I'll send you 50 bucks out of the goodness of my heart to thank you for supporting us. And our partners. Next up at UFC Vegas 41, we have Dwight Grant versus Francisco Trinaldo. 
Dwight Grant is tall and long. He's three and two in his last five. He has really clean striking and uses his range really, really well. In this fight against Daniel Rodriguez, he was knocked out pretty bad. But if you watch that fight, he was winning, should have gotten his own knockout, but blew his wad and was stopped by Daniel. He has a ton of power, solid takedown defense, but questionable cardio. Francisco Trinaldo, three and two in his last five. He is 43 years old, and he does not fight like it. He does not look like it. He's not really slowing down. Um, you know, it's always a red flag when you get guys at that age. Um, and we had successfully faded him in his last fight, so we picked him to lose in his last fight because of his age and because of that matchup. But this is a different matchup here. Uh, this is his second fight at welterweight, and despite the loss, he still has a really good chin. He's got solid wrestling. He's strong as hell. He's legit good everywhere. His striking isn't technical, but he has real power. And you can see that if you look at his knockout against Jai Herbert, who we already broke down. Uh, and that was last year at 42 years old. So at 42, he's knocking people out cold on his feet. 43, still has that power, still has a good chin, still has good cardio. Francisco Trinaldo is just defying age. Uh, if we dig into the stats, uh, these guys are pretty evenly matched. They both land more strikes than they're hit with. They both defend more than half of the takedowns that are put on them. Uh, except Dwight is a little bit better everywhere. Uh, slightly better striking differential, slightly better takedown offense, slightly better takedown defense. Stats don't make fights, though. We talk about this all the time. You cannot look at stats and then go from there. Stats do not make fights. They're important. They're good to factor in, especially when you have opposing styles. But I think Trinaldo can get inside the reach. He can get under those long arms. He can get to the hips, and he can grind away. The problem is that soon he's going to start to show his age, and soon his chin's not going to hold up. Soon he's going to start to get tired later in the rounds, uh, and I just don't know when that is. I just don't know when, and that's the biggest question mark I have here. So I'm leaning Trinaldo. I like Trinaldo here. Styles make fights. Short, stocky guy should be able to get inside the range, bully Dwight Grant to the ground, and sort of pound away from there. Uh, Trinaldo's the pick. I think I may look for a plus three and a half bet on Grant. Um, maybe a wins inside the distance or um, decision no action. So if you don't know what those two are, plus three and a half, what that allows me to do is Dwight Grant just needs to win one single round on the judges' scorecard. That's it. Win one round. Get Francisco in a little bit of trouble. Win that round. He can lose the, the previous two or the next two, and I'll win my bet. Uh, or wins inside the distance, decision, no action. That's pretty straightforward. If he knocks out or puts away Francisco Trinaldo, I'll get paid. If he loses a decision, no matter how bad it is, no big deal. I get a refund. I get my money back. So that may be a play here for uh, Dwight Grant. Uh, he's pretty much even money, so you would have to get those bets at minus money. So I'd probably be spending minus 130, minus 140. But there is some protection built into those. So we don't picks.com slash bets. There's three promos. Bet online is the one with those crazy prop bets. If you like to take a bunch of these fights and a bunch of props and smash them together for a parlay, that's the bet us promo 125% deposit match. We don't picks.com slash bets. $8,400 for Francisco Trinaldo is probably money well spent. Because I do think he'll get some takedowns. I do think he'll win. $8,400 is, is decent. You know, it's not super cheap, but takedowns are five points each. I think he'll bomb on his feet, get some takedowns, and should score well. 
Uh, and I like the more and more monkey knife fight. So, I, you know, I just said Dwight Grant could knock out Francisco Trinaldo, and he could do it early. But I, I think Francisco is tough enough, veteran savvy enough to get this fight going for a little bit and uh, keep this fight live. So I'll take Francisco to win. I'm going to explore my bet options. I'll do the more and more monkey knife fight, and I'll probably have Francisco in my DraftKings lineup. Next up. At UFC Vegas 41, we have Alex Bruce Leroy Caceres versus Sengwu Choi. Alex Caceres is 4-1 and one in his last five, riding a four-fight win streak. Sengwu Choi, 3-2 and two in his last five, riding a three-fight win streak. And Alex Caceres is a tried-and-true veteran. Even though he's only 33 years old, he has been around that long. He's riding that nice little win streak. Although the level of competition competition inside that streak is not great it's still a solid win streak inside the UFC and he is pretty good everywhere his striking is solid his durability is solid his wrestling and grappling are better than expected and he has a wealth of experience at this point he doesn't get nervous the moment doesn't bother him he reacts well in situations he gets a little goofy but you know there are times where he goes out there and he just rises to the occasion and looks fantastic and it's like wow is this the same guy that was just clowning around a few years ago and didn't seem like he could put together a win? So Alex Caceres, pretty underrated guy at this point in his career with the body of work that he has. Uh, Choi's a very good, clean striker. He fights tall. He throws solid with power and uses a lot of kicks. He is absolutely the more technical striker, and he sets up his takedowns well. He can win by knockout, but not submission. So he'll get those takedowns. And he'll just work from there, but he's not going to submit you. Uh, and certainly not going to submit Alex Caceres. Uh, and if we look at Caceres' body of work, he's very tough. Knocking him out is a really tall task. He has a weird style that could throw off the normally very composed for his age, Sang Wu Choi. Uh, Choi Cannon likely will get a takedown, but not be able to submit Caceres from there. So I think the cleaner striking of Choi and the nicer takedown entries are ultimately going to be what wins this fight for Choi. But I I am loving the value at a at a two to one underdog Alex Caceres. So I already grabbed a plus three and a half bet on him at minus 115. So basically even money, all Alex Caceres has to need has to do is win one round. That's it. One single round. And honestly his veteran savvy, what he's been able to do, the fights he's been in, the level of competition he's fought. He's tough enough to not get put away, and I think he can steal around or take around. He can honestly just win this fight, but you know, you know me, I like my conservative protection bets. I think he'll take around. I already put a plus three and a half bet at minus 115 odds on Alex Caceres. One round the Georgia scorecard gets me paid. We want picks.com slash bets. The bet online promo. That's where you will find that. Jump in. You'll get your deposit match, and then after you make your deposit, let me know, and I'll send you 50 bucks. $9,200 on Choi, I'm not going to spend it. I'm not going to spend it because he should win. He likely will win, but I just don't see him score. I don't think he's going to put Caceres away. Now, he could get a bunch of takedowns, a bunch of control time, which may make it worth it, but I think there's other people on this card that are probably worth that money a little more, could score a little higher. I do like the more and more monkey knife fight. I think they're both going to go at it. I like the more and more. I think it'll be a busy fight, a good back and forth fight. Seng Wu Choi should control the striking, get some takedowns, but we'll be on the wrong side of some bad exchanges. We can see Caceres uh, work some sweeps uh, and make some stuff happen to steal that round for me. But more and more monkey knife fight, plus three and a half bet. We want picks.com for all of the promos 
and matches. Next up at UFC Vegas 41, we have Jessica Rose Clark versus Jocelyn Edwards. Jessica Rose Clark. And it's not Jessica Rose Clark. It's Jessica Rose Clark. I had to squeeze it on the picture without the hyphen, but it goes Jessica hyphen Rose. Just FYI, so we're all on the same page. Three and two in her last five. Jocelyn Edwards, three and two in her last five as well. Uh, Jessica Rose is coming off a year layoff after a solid win over Sarah Alpar, a very good striker with legit power. Uh, she's more of a boxer than a kickboxer, but she can be deadly from anywhere on her feet. Uh, she can be nasty in the pocket, and she throws with bad intentions. We haven't seen a ton of grappling from her, but she definitely has takedowns when she needs them. Uh, Jocelyn Edwards, good kickboxer. She uses range well. She has a nice variety of strikes, but she does prefer to kick. Uh, and if you can get inside and make it a dirty fight, you can break her. You can break Edwards. Uh, getting inside the range is not an easy thing to do because she does manage that really well. But if you do get in there, you can break her down and you can make something happen and take that fight away. Uh, she has an okay strike differential um, at four to two. So she, or sorry, 4.2 to 3.8. So she will hit you 4.2 times and she will get hit 3.8. So that's a solid differential where she's on the upside. The biggest hole is her grappling. She has only a 16% takedown offense and a 37% takedown defense. And, you know, I, I'm going to go with Clark here. Uh, she has more ways to win. She's got more power. She can fight in the pocket. She can grapple if she needs to. Uh, in order for Jocelyn to win, she has to fight a very specific and very calculated fight at range where all Jessica needs to do is come charging forward, get past that range, make Jocelyn uncomfortable, um, uh, and then work from there. If she's losing the exchanges, uh, she can get it to the ground. And with her 55% takedown accuracy – uh, and her average of one takedown per fight, that shouldn't be that tall of a task for her. So minus 140 is honestly not a bad price. I'm probably going to grab Jessica Rose Clark money line because minus 140 is not a bad price. I do like her here quite a bit. I, I think it's a pretty pretty straightforward fight for her. I will have her at $8,500 in my lineup. The monkey knife fight line's a little high. That's what worries me because she could get it to the ground. There could be a finish here. Or they could each land 130 strikes. So I don't know what to do with that monkey knife fight line, but I do like uh, Rose Clark here. I'm probably going to grab a money line. I'm honestly going to do it as soon as I'm done filming this. Uh, and what I like to do, guys, play the books. You don't need to fully commit to one single sports book. Play the books. Go to wheelpicks.com slash bets. We have three partners. Go in, make an account for each, make a deposit for each, and then – for Jessica Rose Clark, if Bet Online is going to give you minus 120 and Bet US is going to give you minus 150, go with the minus 120. If it's the other way around, then go with Bet US, right? Play these books. They're not loyal to you. You do not need to be loyal to them. Sign up for all of them, play all of them, and, and pick your spots, right? Use Bet Online uh, through our link for the best prop bets. Use Bet US for the best parlays, and then bounce between them and others. For the best lines. I love Jessica Rose Clark. I'm going to grab her money line. So wait to see that on Friday. Next up at UFC Vegas 41, we have the co-main event of the evening. We have Grant Dawson versus Ricky Glenn. Grant Dawson 5-0 in his last five. Ricky Glenn 3-2 in his last five, alternating wins and losses. This is Grant's second fight at lightweight. After coming up because of some weight issues, uh, he looked really good in his last fight, which was his first fight. At lightweight, 
Uh, he won with just savage <laughs> top game, literally with one second left in the entire fight, not in the first round, one second left in the third round, 14 minutes and 59, yeah, 14 minutes and 59 seconds. He won by TKO on top. It was a pretty close fight. Uh, you could argue he was losing, but the scorecards did not have him uh, losing. The scorecards had him winning, but I have seen people out there talking about, especially after the fight, that they thought he was losing and pulled off that win. He was not losing. He was about to win a decision on the judges' scorecard. Uh, he has a great ground game. He's absolutely relentless. Uh, he has good technical striking, but his clear advantage in this and almost all of his fights is his wrestling and his grappling. Ricky Glenn came back after a three-year layoff, and he had an insane 30-second knockout. The good news is that he won. The bad news is that fighting for 30 seconds in three years still tells you nothing. You didn't get the cage time. You didn't get the, the comfort. You didn't shake off all the cobwebs. It, it's honestly kind of similar to when Connor came back, beat Cowboy as quickly as he did, and then got smoked by Poirier. So you could argue, um, you, know, you, you could argue that that was going to happen no matter what, but the reality is he didn't get the time in. He didn't get to figure that out. Uh, he didn't get to shake all that off. So uh, Grant averages almost four takedowns per fight, and I don't see this one going any differently. You know, uh, Ricky Glenn, he's been played with injuries. Uh, when he does get out there, he stands tall. He marches forward. He stays out of the pocket. Uh, he's a high-volume guy, but if you get in his face, he can have trouble. He has legit power and is a threat early in any fight. Ricky's takedowns are going to be too much here. He has solid, you know, or sorry, uh, Grant's takedowns are going to be too much here. Ricky Glenn has solid takedown defense, uh, solid power, but his forward plotting style is just going to play into uh, Dawson's game plan. I see, I see uh, Ricky Glenn throwing big, Dawson ducking under it, taking him down, working from there, and I'm pretty sure almost everybody sees that with these minus three forty odds. And I'll tell you the bet that I'm going to do here. I've been talking about plus three and a half bets. And at plus three and a half, you just need to win one single round. I am going to do a minus three and a half bet on Grant Dawson. And what that means is he will give up. He has to win a sort of 30-27 or better, meaning he can win by knockout or not give up any rounds. As long as he wins all the rounds or wins by any finish whatsoever, I'll get paid. So I'm experimenting with these. I've had success with them, so I'm going to continue that. If I find somebody on the card that I'm positive is going to win, I'm positive they're not going to give up a round, I will do that. So he's a minus 340 money line favorite. But if I do the minus three and a half point bet, he comes down to a minus 120. So I will take him, and wouldn't you take him at minus 120 in this fight? All he needs to do is not lose a round, and I don't see that as a problem for him. So I like Grant Dawson to win here. I love him at $9,300. It's a ton of money. I do think he'll get that done. I'm going to go the less, less on the monkey knife fight line. Reality is Dawson could just pound away on top and make something happen, but I do like the less, less there. I think there'll be a lot of control on top, potentially a finish. Pretty cut and dry fight for me. We on picks.com slash bets. Jump into the bet online promo and do that minus three and a half bet and follow along. Next up at UFC Vegas 41, we have the main event of the evening. We have Paulo Costa versus Marvin Vittori. Paulo Costa 4-1 in his last five. Marvin Vittori 4-1 in his last five. And the only one on these guys' records 
They both lost to Israel Adesanya. It's an interesting fight with two top-tier middleweights coming off a loss of the champ. If we quickly talk about uh, their fights with Israel, um, they were kind of similar. They were both frustrating striking matches. Paulo Costa did absolutely nothing in that fight. Nothing. He was gun-shy. He wouldn't let his hands go. And he ultimately was stopped by Izzy. But Paulo Costa, who we know has power, who we know has pressure, used none of those things. Was very frustrating. Didn't show up. Did nothing. He blamed it on alcohol or food poisoning. Alcohol poisoning. Had a bottle of wine. Some weird shit. But he did nothing in that fight against Izzy and lost a striking fight. Martin Vittori worked, was busier than Paolo, but a similar fight where he lost a striking fight when he should have made it a grappling match. So he did have some takedowns. He did attempt to grapple, but he should have been relentlessly grappling nonstop. We saw Jan expose Izzy's grappling. We know Marvin can grapple. I have no idea why he didn't just lean, lean, heavy, heavy, heavy on the grappling. So he was perfectly content striking. Either way, Paula and Marvin both lost striking fights to the champion who is the best striker in that division, maybe any division that we have right now. So they're coming off those losses, and it's tough to match them up. Not match them up. It's great to match them up because you're, it's tough to break down this fight when that's the last fight that they both had. They both showed up and didn't do what they were supposed to do, didn't do what they're good at. Paolo Costa is a massive human being. He has a ton of power, a ton of output, and a surprising amount of cardio for a guy with his body and his power and his size. He comes forward with heavy, fast punches. He has a relentless pace. On average, he lands seven significant strikes per minute, which is double almost everybody else in the UFC. Seven, which sounds like a low number, is a very high number when you compare that against everybody else in the UFC. We're usually seeing three or four, and he's at seven. Uh, he also has a very good takedown defense at 80%, which he will need in this fight because Marvin Vittori, a very, very good grappler, um, and when he uses the grappling, he's incredibly dominant. Uh, he has a good set of diverse takedowns from body locks to nice hit-and-run doubles. He will drop, hit the legs, cut the corner, run right through him. And as a wrestler myself, I absolutely love to see some of those running doubles from him. Uh, his striking continues to improve. Uh, he's gotten very comfortable on his feet. That's obviously a good thing, but it can also be a problem. Uh, he does have that false confidence standing at times, and he does get sucked into kickboxing matches. We talked about the one with Izzy, uh, but he has had some success, some success like when he out kickboxed Andrew Sanchez. He had no takedowns in that fight and didn't need him, just lit Andrew Sanchez up on his feet and won that, giving him some confidence. It's very good to see. It's a nice skill to have, but you got to know what your bread and butter is. Uh, Marvin will need to grapple here, absolutely. Uh, and that is easier said than done. Matching up against Paolo's 80% takedown defense is Marvin's less than 50% takedown accuracy which is surprising. When I saw that stat, I was surprised. I thought he was much more accurate. And keep in mind, that 50% includes the Kevin Holland fight, which he had like 11 takedowns. So that only helped the 50%. So Marvin Vittori, good grappler with really good takedowns, statistically speaking, gets less than half of his takedowns. Um, he, averaged, he does average over two takedowns per fight, um, but he does struggle with keeping people there. So 
somebody who took Kevin Holland down 11 times was only five rounds, which means Kevin Holland kept standing back up. He does struggle keeping people down at times. Incredible chin, and he, he will need that against Paolo Costa, who has a ton of power. This is a tough pick. This is a really tough pick. This is one of the better main events that we've had in a while. Definitely one of the closer, tougher main events. Um, you know, I think Marvin has to be the pick because he has more ways to win. It's almost too obvious of a pick because he has more ways to win. Paolo can come charging forward with punches and bunches. Marvin could duck under for a nice double. But Paolo's takedown defense is good, and Marvin's willingness to stay on his feet is dangerous. So, man, it really is just such a tough pick. It is absolutely impossible. I have to assume doing this breakdown, making this pick, I have to assume that Marvin Vittori is going to do what he's supposed to do, which is grapple. Maybe entertain the striking for a minute, let Powell get comfortable, duck and shoot. When I first, so you guys can tell I read notes when I do this, right? There's a ton of information to keep in my head. And when I first did this and I did my my tape study and made my pick, I actually had Paolo Costa. And then I was like, yeah, but Marvin can win with takedowns. And that's why I flipped the pick. But the reality is this is so razor thin. And the only reason I'm, while I'm looking at this graphic right now, and maybe it's because Paolo's jacked, um, I'm leaning towards Paolo Costa, but he only has one way to win. Where Marvin has more than one way to win. He's got a head like a cinder block. His striking's decent, but he's got a head like a cinder block and very good grappling. So I got to go with Marvin here. Um, I'm not, I don't know if, man, I don't know if I'm going to spend that money on DraftKings, but I might because he's not that overpriced and there is a good amount of money here um, or opportunity here for takedowns and control. And it is five rounds. Um, but I'll tell you what I do love. I love the Paolo Costa wins inside the distance decision, no action bet. Because what that gets me um, is if Paolo Costa knocks Marvin Vittori out, which is a very tall task, but we've seen it done with others. If Paolo Costa knocks out Marvin Vittori, I get paid. If Paolo Costa loses a ragdoll beating where he's just taken down over and over and over, it's okay. I get a refund. No skin. Hands are clean. I get a refund. Bet never happened. So I like that. That is probably my my favorite thing to do on this fight is that, that bet. Instead of picking a side, I'm just going to say, well, Paolo Costa either wins by knockout or loses the decision. And that's what, uh, that's what I'm going to stick with. Uh, so I have that wins inside a distance decision, no action bet that I'm going to lay out there. We own picks.com slash bets. You will find that at the bet online promo 50% deposit match monkey knife fight. You know, realistically, this will probably be a more and more. I think they'll go at it. Could be a good five round fight. Martin Vittori will get some takedowns. He'll get past that 118 because he does, you know, he's a good grappler. He's a good ground and pound guy. Uh, he's not really looking for a ton of submissions. He is looking to pound away. So five rounds to do work. So uh, more and more is probably it. You know, 68 is a, it's a lot of opportunities for Powell to take somebody's head off. But uh, I do like the more and more here. I like Marvin Vittori to win. I do like some upside in Paolo Costa. So there's going to be people out there that are going to say, hey, I'll put a little bit on Paolo Costa to win by knockout. But that, that's gone money if he loses the decision. That money's gone. So that's why I will take lesser odds. Instead of chasing plus 600, I'll get – Minus one ten, but he can lose a decision all day, and it's no big deal. If he wins, and if he wins by knockout, I'll get paid. And this is why every single week I'm up two, three units 
And there's weeks where other people may be up 10 units, but most weeks they're down because they're chasing these flyers. I don't chase. I pick my spots. I like that spot. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Weonpicks.com slash bets for the promo. Weonpicks.com slash MKF for that deposit match. Play all the things. We have an awesome run of pay-per-views heading our way. This is an awesome main event. We got a couple good fights on this card. Thanks for the watch. Like, subscribe, do all the things. Comment down below. Join the Discord. We have so much crap going on. Do all of it. And I'll see you guys at some point. You can see I'm on vacation. I got a lot going on. I don't know the video schedule this week, but I will see you guys at some point on Saturday.